This podcast is made possible by Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield, the whole health company. Welcome to Go Bronx Podcast, episode 16. I'm Olga Luz. And I'm Angel. In this episode, we will talk about Art Deco architecture in the Bronx. Art Decorative was an architectural style of construction that first made its debut in, you guessed it, France. It was before the Great War, or what we refer to today as World War I. This style of architecture, which was made to evoke the future with its innovative geometrical shape designs and rounded corners, was popularized in New York City right before the Great Depression. And it was in the Bronx that Art Deco really caught on in the United States. Art Deco style structures are located throughout our borough, but you can find a higher concentration of these types of buildings along the famed Grand Concourse. Oh, yes, the Grand Concourse and Boulevard which was the actual name of that thoroughfare when it first opened. We talked a little bit about the history of the Grand Concourse in Episode 8, titled The Borough of Parks. Anyway, by the mid-1930s, this four-mile boulevard was sprinkled with Art Deco buildings, and some were made of such magnificent gesture that they became landmarks later on. Well, as you've probably already figured out by now, Angel and I can talk forever especially about Bronx architecture. But to get the real deal on Art Deco, we invited someone who knows a thing or two or three about the subject. Anthony Robbins, a landmarks and city historian and author of the book New York Art Deco, A Guide to Gotham's Jazz Age Architecture, specializes in the architecture of New York City. He holds a master's degree in art history from the Courtauld Institute of Art in London, and was the winner of a 1997 Rome Prize. He served as Deputy Director of Research and Deputy of Survey at the New York City Landmarks Preservation Commission for 20 years. He has written for the New York Times, New York Magazine, Preservation, and Architectural Record, among many others. He also lectures nationally and internationally and has led walking tours of New York for thousands of New Yorkers and visitors to the city. Anthony, welcome to our show. Tell us a little bit about Art Deco in the Bronx. I think everybody knows that the Bronx is famous for its Art Deco apartment houses on Grand, the Grand Concourse, certainly, but also on the streets to either side. It's one of the largest collections of Art Deco buildings anywhere in the country. Some would argue it's the second largest after Miami Beach. They're really different phenomena. So Miami Beach is more modern. Art Deco is really the Bronx. So you could say it's the largest if you like. Art Deco is a very special uh, architectural style for New York City. It, it really uh, came of age when the city came of age as a, as a giant metropolis. You know, New, York, New York's an old city by North American standards, 400 years old. By 1898, it, it was just Manhattan and uh, the Bronx. The Bronx got added before the other boroughs, 1874 for the West Bronx, 1895 for the East Bronx. But the, the city of Greater New York, the five boroughs, came into existence in 1898. And after World War I, the stage was set for New York to become this vast metropolis uh, and really a, a worldwide reputation as the metropolis of the new world, the early 20th century. And the, the style of the day was this very new brash thing called Art Deco, which really was a huge change from what came before. 19th century New York uh, architects 
tended to look over their left shoulder at Europe whenever they designed buildings, meaning really France and England, but also to a lesser extent, Spain, Italy, and Germany. Uh, but it was really, you know, I, what are we building? I know I'm gonna check, a, I've, got a, I've got a great library of, uh, of old European buildings. We'll, we'll model our buildings on those, uh, Greek temples, uh, Gothic cathedrals. And in the twenties, we said, no, no, we're going off in a different direction. The name comes from France, but it really became an American phenomenon, especially a New York phenomenon of a skyscraper style. And you can tell these buildings right away, uh, once you look at them, the color, vibrant, large, clashing often, lots of colors. All buildings have color, but, but not like this. Verticality, the windows are organized in vertical columns. In fact, architects at the time called it the vertical style. It's that important. Uh, buildings that are freestanding, you can sort of see in the round. And this was first a skyscraper style, but when the depression put an end to the building with skyscrapers, the style was formed and it spread out across the city uh, to every other building type, especially apartment houses, uh, the Bronx particularly. And you know, how did it get there? The, the first Bronx apartment house to be architectural, as far as I know, it's called Park Plaza. It's 1005 Jerome Avenue. Uh, it was begun in 1928, actually before the depression. It was finished in 1931 uh, because there were, it had a fire in between. They had to start over again. And uh, I, I was lucky enough to meet the architect 40 years ago. He was still alive, he was 80 years old. I was very lucky to meet him. He died the following year. And I asked him what uh, got him interested in, in Art Deco because his, his earlier plans, he showed me his earlier plans for the building and they were you know classical, Gothic, that sort of thing. And he told me, he said he, he was uh, really admired the work of William Van Allen, who's that? The architect of the Chrysler building. And he really admired the work of Raymond Hood, who was that, the architect of the Daily News building. These are two of the iconic, essential Art Deco skyscrapers in Midtown. And that changed his whole point of view. And even though his building and other buildings like his are five stories, six stories, eight stories at the tops, they feel like skyscrapers. They have that vertical look. You, you can look up and down the windows. They're arranged in columns. It, it, the idea is it leads your eye up the building and you see how tall it is, which means one thing if it's a the Chrysler building, which was a you know, tallest building in the world and something different with a six story apartment house, but it's still there. The colors are always, you know, red, uh, white, blue, yellow, black. These are among the more common ones, some, some are different. And then ornament, everybody's favorite uh, ornamental entrance for a, an apartment house in the Bronx is 1150 Grand Concourse with the, uh, you know, what everybody calls the fish building, this wonderful mosaic of, uh, of fish. And it must be six feet tall, maybe more. And uh, tour buses always stop there um, and people get off and ooh and ah and take photographs. And the people who live in the building uh, are aware that it's a very famous building because they often come out to these same tour buses and say, well, come on into the lobby, have a look. Uh, I, I'm not suggesting that anybody just sort of go there and walk in, uh, but it's interesting that you know people know about it in that way. But it's not just apartment houses in the Bronx. This was an, an all-encompassing style. Uh, so for instance, if you're standing at the corner of Fordham Road and the Grand Concourse, on one side, you'll have the old Dollar Savings Bank, which is some other bank now, I forget which one. That's an Art Deco bank. And on the south side, directly across the street from it is the old Wagner building, which was a commercial office building with one of the most intact Art Deco commercial lobbies anywhere in the city. Uh, but then there's also the Bronx uh, County building down on 161st Street. That's a bit later. It's 1940. It's sort of it's a cross between the class. It's what the architects of the day called modern classic. You can see some sort of classical detailing, but if you get up close, the detailing uh, that's ornamental is very much Art Deco. Uh, or you can uh, look at the Bronx Post Office uh, further uh, south on the concourse very modest building. It's really more famous for its uh, the murals inside by Ben Shawn, but they're they're very much part of this modernistic period. Or the uh, the uh, swimming pool and uh, park complex uh, out at Cretona Park, 
uh, it's one of uh, a set of 11 that were done in the uh, early 30s Robert, by Robert Moses um, and his architects. And it's also you know, part of Art Deco or uh, Orchard Beach, the Orchard Beach bathhouse or schools. Uh, the first Art Deco public school, as far as anybody knows, was uh, built on Boston Road uh, in, the, uh, in the about 1927, uh, Herman Ritter Junior High School. Junior high schools were a new concept back then. The idea that people who were aged 11, 12, 13 were different from the rest of us. They weren't really grammar school kids anymore, but they weren't really high school kids anymore. They should have their own school. Uh, and the junior high school was born and the city built a bunch of them. And this was one of the first, and it is um, an absolutely gorgeous Art Deco building. It, they called it the first school in the skyscraper style. It's got a tower that's all of six, seven, eight stories at the most tall, but it has that flavor. It feels like a skyscraper. Um, so th these, these are the buildings that we're talking about. They really give the Bronx a big piece of its visual identity. I mean, the Bronx is a big place. It has a lot of interesting things. There's more than just Art Deco, of course, but the Art Deco apartment houses are just known as sort of almost like a signature of the borough. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, Anthony will talk to us about the origin of Art Deco. The world has changed a lot in the last year, and more than ever, you need health insurance you can rely on. Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield is the whole health company, and that means they are dedicated to improving the health and well-being of everyone in the Bronx and throughout the New York service area. They've been supporting the health of Bronxites for 86 years, providing you access to high-quality, affordable care. To learn how you can make a whole health connection, go to empireblue.com. Sigourney Weaver here to tell you about the New York Botanical Garden, 250 acres, 1 million plants, and you. Now open in the Bronx. Plan your visit at nybg.org. City Bike is expanding to the Bronx. Membership is only $179 annually. New Yorkers who live in NYCHA or receive SNAP benefits can take advantage of the discounted City Bike membership for only $5 a month. Visit citybikenyc.com pricing to get started. Hi, Anthony. Can you tell us about the term Art Deco? We all know that this style of architecture dates back to the 1920s, but when did the term become popular in America and particularly in the Bronx? Uh, now, the name Art Deco uh, didn't exist in the 1920s or 30s. Uh, and and this, isn't, this isn't that unusual. Uh, historic names for um, art movements are generally, come, people come up with them later. Historians sort of look back, analyze and say, ah, oh, this, this is what we're talking about. Uh, in the case of Art Deco, it didn't happen until 1966. A couple of curators in Paris at the Museum of Decorative Arts, which is in the same complex of buildings that has the Louvre, which is like one of the biggest museums in the world. The Decorative Arts is a very small museum, but, but they, they put on some really interesting exhibits. And they put on an exhibit which they called the year 1925. Uh, and they were looking at a lot of different things that were happening in the art world, art and architecture world, mostly in Europe, because that's where they were. Uh, but they, they talked about the Bauhaus, that's Germany, uh, it's the style movement, that's Holland. And then they looked at a very influential exposition that had been held in Paris in 1925 with a very long French name, which I can't really do. And it translates into English as the International Exposition of Modern Industrial Decorative Arts, which is a mouthful. 
And uh, my guess is that that didn't fit on the cover of their book as well as a single word like Bauhaus might have felt. So they shortened it to Art Décoratif, which is just decorative arts in French. And maybe that didn't fit either. So voila, Art Déco, the expression was born. Uh, that's 1966. 1968, uh, Bevis Hillier, who was an arts writer for the Times of London, uh, wrote a book about uh, Art Deco, and he, about the French furnishings rather of the uh, 20s, and he called it um, Art Deco. Here in New York, Finch College doesn't exist anymore. It was an avant-garde college for young women in, in, in Manhattan, uh, but they had an avant-garde curator of an avant-garde gallery, Elaine Varian was her name, and uh, she put on a show, uh, First Objects uh, and, uh, in 1969, and then an, an architecture a year or two later, and you know, no one quite knew what this stuff was yet. And, and she had to scrounge around to find stuff. She found collectors to borrow from. One of the big collectors, early collectors of what we call Art Deco, Barbara Streisand. So she borrowed from Barbara Streisand. She also borrowed from the fellow who designed, I can't think of his name, but he designed the um, one of the turnstiles. So those of you who remember the old subway turnstiles, which haven't been around for a long time, but there was one that had sort of speed lines running around it, very modernistic looking. Well, that fellow who designed that was an industrial designer. She found him and she borrowed things from him and she put on the show. The following year, Bevis Hillier, the guy from, uh, from England, came over, took her out to lunch, I am told, borrowed a lot of the things that she had borrowed, added more, and took it out to Minneapolis for a huge show called The World of Art Deco. And suddenly this phrase was everywhere, Art Deco this and Art Deco that. Um, I, you, you know, the, in the case of uh, Miami Beach, for instance, uh, their, their entire identity seems to be caught up with Art Deco. They have an Art Deco ball every, I think they call it the Moon Over, Mi Moon Over Miami, um, every year. Uh, because that's all they've got is the Art Deco. New York has everything. Um, but here, Art Deco is still a really, really big piece of our, our visual identity. And so you'll hear that phrase a lot now. I think it's pronounced Exposition Internationale des Arcs Décoratifs et Industria Moderne. Show off. I know. Okay. One more quick break, but don't go away. We're going to talk to Anthony just a little longer about a question I have regarding the murals in some of these buildings. Get it, baby, get it! And now for a little segment we like to call Yo Angel. Yo Olga. Why do people call Arthur Avenue the real Little Italy? Arthur Avenue is located in the Belmont section of the Bronx. So I suppose the best person to answer that question is our good friend Peter Madonia, chairman of the Belmont Business Improvement District and owner of 100-year-old Madonia Bakery, the home of the best prosciutto and olive bread this side of the Atlantic. Uh, thank you. I think that's very kind. Um, so if I think about the the word real as it, as it relates to Little Italy in the Bronx, um, the synonym is authentic. And I think what makes us the real Little Italy is our authenticity. And that's a product of being around for a hundred years. Many of the businesses were started in the um, early 1900s. So my own uh, grandfather started his in 1918. There are half a dozen or more that started anywhere between 1913 and 1920s. Um, and then, uh, what followed that were a bunch of businesses that started in the next 15 and 20 years. So we have a collective of businesses, many still same family owned that are 70, 80, 90 or 100 years old. And that's a pretty unique ecosystem that um, we have. We also have dining establishments. So we have this collective of retail and dining establishments um, that are family owned businesses. Uh, many of the same families for many years. Um, that, and I think that's 
what's underneath the authenticity that makes us the real Little Italy. Um, the, the neighborhood started around the stonemasons, Italian stonemasons who were building the Bronx Zoo in the, at the time, in the turn of the century, in the turn of the 20th century. And so they had to eat, stores opened, uh, including stores like my grandfather's. And that's how the neighborhood became very much an Italian ghetto and, and was very much like that well into the 1980s, where it was first and second generation immigrants from Italy. Some came at the turn of the century, some came in the 20s, some came again in the 50s and 60s. There were three different migrations here from Italy. You, I remember as a kid, you didn't have to speak English in that neighborhood if you, if you weren't you know, able to learn. Um, it, was, it was very much nearly 100% Italian people living there. Over the last 30 or 35 years, it's evolved as a neighborhood and we've evolved as a business community to expand our clientele. And again, I think it's all built around our being real, um, authentic. And now you know. Anthony, there are many Art Deco structures that have beautiful murals inside their lobbies, hallways, and other strong artistic expressions. Can you offer us some more detail about these works of art and the artists that created them? Like, what's that about? That is about these being uh, buildings that uh, whose owners thought of them as, you know, I don't think they would, I don't know if they would have said high class, quote unquote, uh, but, you know, definitely a step up from, you know, people arriving on the Grand Concourse was once a big deal that you would sort of made your way up into a, an area in the middle or even upper middle class, uh, large apartments, uh, beautifully designed. And the, the, the lobbies were part of that. Uh, that's why you've got those wonderful terrazzo floors, which have all of the uh, interesting, and, and it's the same kind of sort of abstract geometric patterns that you find on the outside, translated into the inside. But there were also painters who got hired um, to, you know, for, to, for decades, basically de decoration, to put, a, a put up a scene on, on, on a lobby wall. Uh, and you'll find the same thing actually in the hotels of Miami Beach. Uh, in fact, I think maybe in some of the same painters, because there was a certain, uh, you know, some of the same architects were involved in both places. Um, but that's that's what it was about. And then, of course, you know, tastes change and populations change and, you know, what's this stuff on the wall and uh, I don't know, let's paint it out. So a lot of them, you know, have disappeared, but others of them have been uh, very well maintained and many often they're being restored. Um, and they really are, you know, they're such a piece of the period. It's wonderful that they're back there. They're, they're essentially a part of the design that you don't want to lose if you if you if you can, if you can. I mean, sometimes they're just beyond repair. That does happen. Uh, but as often as not, they aren't. Um, and if it were 20 or 30 years ago, sometimes the painters would still be um, alive. Um, not just in apartments, the uh, Marine Air Terminal, which is in, sorry, it's not in the Bronx, it's in Queens, but it's, it's close, just on the other side of the, of the, uh, of the water, um, had a, series, a, a mural called the History of Flight, in, because it was, a, it was an, an airport. And somebody in the 50s or 60s painted it over. And in the 1980s, Somebody who knew it was there said, you know, we really need to get that back. Uh, and they restored it. And the, the uh, painter, Mr. Brooks, was still alive. And they invited him to the unveiling of the restored murals. And that must have been one of the highlights of his uh, professional life, I would think. Uh, I think by now, that's, we're not going to find those people anymore. I think they've all, they've all passed on. Man, he really knows his stuff, doesn't he? Oh, he really does. 
A big thank you to Anthony Robbins and a big shout out to the Art Deco Society of New York for their contributions. If you want to know more about this type of architecture, you can visit artdeco.org and take a tour. Or you can read Anthony's book, New York Deco, A Guide to Gotham's Jazz Age Architecture, which can be found on Amazon. Well, Angel, it was fun loitering around a few Art Deco buildings along the Grand Concourse with you, but we do have to go now. That's our show this week. Thank you all for tuning in to our Go Bronx pod, produced by the Bronx Tourism Council and made possible by Blue Cross Blue Shield, the whole health company. Mucho thanks to the Huntington Free Library and Reading Room for serving as our makeshift recording studio. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GoBXPod. If you like us, tell your friends. And if they already like us, make some new friends and then tell them. For more information about this and other episodes, visit GoBronxPod.com. And while you're there, subscribe to our e-newsletter to get the latest and greatest news from and about the Bronx. As always, I'm Olga Luz. And I'm Angel. Bronxfully yours.